where we're in those moments where we don't feel like we can negotiate. And like, you have to understand that if, if they're saying you're the candidate that they chose after all these rounds of interviews, you have leverage. You're leaving money on the table if you don't negotiate. Like the, the recruiter is going to ask you what you expect. I would encourage everyone to actually spin the question around to the recruiter and say, well, what's the salary range for this role? Welcome into the Free Retiree Show, your go-to podcast for your finances, your career, avoiding the big mistakes, and where we learn from people that have done amazing things. The boys are back. Serge, the career mentor, attorney Matt McOway, we are all back together. Guys, how are you guys doing this morning? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing fantastic. Surviving. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to maximize your earning potential. So important. So many of us, when we get a job, we interview, they give us our salary, we don't question it. And then we might stay there for years, maybe even decades for a lot of us. And are we making a big mistake by just settling for the earnings, the wages, the salary that they have agreed to pay us for the long haul? Doing some basic negotiation, right when you get that job, say, a $5,000 increase from what you were planning to get can make a massive difference over your career. Say you get that extra $5,000, you decide to invest that money, you get a 7% rate of return, 40 years to over a million dollars. Small change makes a massive difference. So Serge, give us a little bit about where what you see from people when they enter the corporate workforce and they take these salaries yeah. and the big mistakes they make along the way. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it's two parts. I th the first part is, and we can jump into it, is like the negotiation part, right? You get an offer. How do you negotiate what you look for? What are the be best ways to at least start and set yourself up for success? And then the second part we'll get into is in your career, there are these moments where you could stick around at a company for five, six, seven, eight years, but in reality, you're only getting two to 4% raises each year. And what I've found- I mean, jumping, maybe not even, a lot of people I know aren't even getting those raises. Yeah, yeah, some people might not, right? Like I'm saying on average, what I've seen is when I stay at a company for three years, I'm getting just basic minimum raises mm -hmm. and people are missing out, especially right now in this market, on like 10 to 20% salary raises just by switching where you're working. So a part of what I wanted to get into is, is that. And then the first part is just negotiating. But so I think like to answer your question, the mistakes people make is understanding that everything's a negotiation. I'll pause there. But like when you get an offer, you don't have to accept it right away. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I sense. would think that if I was like really like wanting that job, I think I'd be like kind of scared to to counter, you know what I mean? And be like, Hey, I want to negotiate right? this. Like, I'd be like, I know they're just going to show me the door. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's be honest. We've all been there, right? Like, especially when we started our careers, like when you come out of college, like we're giving you this job. Yes. Thank you yeah. very much. I was going <laughs> to take, take it, it for free, but you know, it's, yeah, as you get more established, you probably get a little bit more confidence to do things like that and, and take that stand for that, you know, more money. Yeah. And dude, like thinking back out of college, like 
I accepted an eleven dollar and twenty five cent job from Enterprise Rent a Car. Think about that, dude. When I graduated <laughs> law school, <laughs> I accepted a twelve dollar an hour job <laughs> as a law clerk. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll beat both of you guys. I, I accepted a job that paid me no money, where I walked door to door and had people throw shit at me while I was selling credit card processing equipment. I only made money when I sold credit card processor. <laughs> Just, but and then I upgraded and went to enterprise. <laughs> Making, yeah. But see, that's the thing. We've all been there, right? We've all been there at like where we're in those moments where we don't feel like we can negotiate. And like some for me, I remember thinking back where I messed up my Google offer. I remember the recruiter making me an offer and it was $20,000 more base pay than what I was making at the previous company. So I was stoked, right? But I probably left ten dollars to $15,000 on the table by just saying, I remember asking, hey, is this negotiable? And he literally just was like, no, it's not. But I mean, I'm wondering what would have happened if, if I took a step back and said, hey, you've already said they want to make an offer. I'm the candidate you guys picked, right? I probably left money on the table by just saying, okay, because I was so stoked to get a full-time role at Google. Yeah, that's, I could relate to that feeling, yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's, it's huge. You don't want to turn down something, an opportunity like that. Yeah. It's one of those things where I think we learn over time to your point, Matt, is like, you have to understand that if, if they're saying you're the candidate that they chose after all these rounds of interviews, you have leverage, right? So like when you start thinking about negotiating, it's not just your base pay either. If we're talking Silicon Valley or pretty much anywhere, there's other things you can negotiate. So base pay, stock, um, by stock, I'm talking like art, like restricted stock units. So let's just say you know, I just went through this with when I went to, to LinkedIn, that's my base pay. It's the stock, it's a uh, bonus. There's perks. There's all kinds of things you can negotiate. There's working from home benefits, all these different things. So I think like square one is really understand that you have to negotiate. And if you don't, you are leaving money on the table. So when we talk about maximizing earning potential, it starts in the negotiation stage. You're leaving money on the table if you don't negotiate. How do you know though? Like maybe you're new to the workforce. Maybe you're new to the industry. How do you know if you're leaving money on the table? Good, good question. I think it starts, there's lots of resources out there. Something I've been leveraging is obviously like LinkedIn. There's, you can search job titles. You could search salary ranges on LinkedIn. There's a site called Levels FYI, where it's literally a site built to tell you, you could put in like your job title, the market you're in, and it'll give you the range of what you should be making. So it's called levels. It's called levels FYI. Levels FYI. Okay. Yeah. It's a really good site. And it's, so the point there is do your research. So if you don't do your research, you don't know what your market value is. Yeah. So anytime I go into a job, like interview, I I have a good understanding of what I like, what my expectation is. So like I have a range of what I, what I expect and, and like, don't be too like, don't shoot yourself in the foot. I think I, in the past, I've been way too transparent with what I was making before. So it's almost like a game, right? Like the, the recruiter is going to ask you what you expect. I would encourage everyone to actually spin the question around to the recruiter and say, well, what's the salary range for this role? You might tell them you were making 100000 but the range for this role might be 150 to 180. So then they're, they're, like, the company is going to try to pay you as the minimum they can right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's just be real. They want you to be at the low end. Yeah. But a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people think like, well, I'm just going to get what everyone else is gets regardless. But like, that's not the way it works, right? 
No, the company that there's a range for every role. And again, this is my Silicon Valley lens on. I don't know how the other industries work, but for Silicon Valley, there's like a salary band. So like I'll share another personal experience. So at Amazon, when I was there, shit place to work again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, This is going to come after you, man. Burning bridges. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Fuck Amazon. Bezos, man. I mean, Amazon's man. amazing. It's a Surgery goes missing. Product. We know Amazon did it. Yeah. <laughs> during, during that interview process, I probably lost out on some money there. Like I, I was so amazed by their offer. Like the jump there to be transparent was, uh, I think my base pay jump, it was like a 50,000 base pay raise from the, my previous company. Something crazy. I gave them like a $30,000 range and the offer they gave me was at the top of the range that I gave them. Wow. So wow. I, That's cool. I think I shot myself in the foot though, because they were probably <laughs> like, oh, this guy was, I probably could have gotten more money. by You didn't ask them, the recruiter that the question of what the range was for the position? I did not. I did not. So uh, that was a learning for me, man. Like, it's good advice. I was probably, yeah. I probably came in at a low rate, and that's why they gave me the top end of my range because I yeah, told they them they were planning on, yeah, wow. yeah, and I lost out on money. And like, I'm just being honest here for the listeners, like, we're, you're losing out on money if you really don't research and understand your and try to not. You don't have to give them too much information. Like, try to get them to tell you what the range is. Yeah, I love that, man. I think another thing we have to talk about though is once you got that job. So many people, they settle. You see them like one year, two year, three. Fast forward, they've been there a decade and they're still getting paid pretty much what they started with. That's like such a terrible mistake. And on the financial side, right, guys? Like July to July inflation is right, right around 5%. People got to understand that like sometimes your company comes in like, oh, we're going to give you a 2% raise. We're gonna, and, you, and it's great. You think it's fantastic, but you really have to think about it. Like part of our podcast, it's not just about the career advancement, but really focusing on the money. Your money is losing value year after year. Your companies owe it to you. The bonus is nice, but also don't look at it like, oh my gosh, they gave me a 2% bonus. This is amazing. They didn't even keep up with inflation. You got to understand that when you're in the workforce, like the value of your money is eroding. And especially if you have a government that just prints trillions of freaking dollars, you have to think about those things too. But going back to the, the, the track of negotiating uh, your salary after the fact or negotiating your bonuses. How do you look at that, Serge? Yeah. I mean, assuming, so we talked about the negotiation stage and I think like we talked about making sure you get the range from the recruiter. Um, the other part there though, is don't be an asshole about it. Like make sure you're kind. Cause you don't want this to be like, oh, you're just looking out for money. So we talked about negotiation and then to your point, but people ask me like, Hey, you've been at all these different companies. You jump every two, three years. And that was very strategic for me, right? Like I'm a one income household. If I would have just stuck, let's just say at LinkedIn way back in 2012, I wouldn't be making anywhere near to what I'm making right now. Right. For me, when I jump companies, it's because I'm getting 10 to 15 to 20% raises when I change companies. Mm -hmm. So that's the mistake I see is I think it's great to stay at a company and if you're finding opportunities and they're paying you market value. But a lot of times what I'm seeing is you'll see these people rising and getting promotions, but they're probably not being paid at market value because companies pay more to bring in outside talent. That's just a mm -hmm. fact. Yeah. And you can love the company that you work for, but like Sergio, you said, like there's, it's good to have a sense of loyalty, but also be realistic. If you, for some reason, can't do your job, 
they will replace you. How long does it take? Two days. I think we were talking about this the other day. Like someone puts their two weeks and notice it in like the, the recruiters probably already have the job records. Like it's probably already up like a day after they leave. Right. So loyalty is the other thing. I think people spend too much time thinking about being loyal to these companies and especially in Silicon Valley, like it's a machine. The machine's going to work with or without you. Yeah. You want to do a great job while you're there and you want to always offer value, but yeah, like they, they will replace you like tomorrow if you, if something happens. So you have to think about yourself. Great to have loyalty, but also you have to be strategic in your future, the career trajectory, your income trajectory. Yeah. And then the other question I think I get asked a lot is like the timing. When do you know when to leave or like entertain other offers? And the way I think about it is if you've been at a place two, three years and there's no growth happening, you're not learning anymore. When you're doing this research and you realize you're like, you're not being paid at market value. So those are some signs you should, you should start looking elsewhere. And I think the moral of the story is like, you're looking out for yourself. And I know this sounds selfish, but you kind of always have to be aware of the market and your market value. And if you're not being paid accordingly, Matt, we were talking before the show. I don't know if we want to say this, but like, I think it's everyone's been there in that moment where you feel like you need to make more money, right? So you have to kind of look out for yourself. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, Especially when you have a family, right? I mean, it just becomes that much more important. Yeah. And I, I, those are some of the things you have to think about from a timing standpoint. But I know a lot of people who have been at companies for several years and they get comfortable. And for me, I found out relatively early on that I got really mad at the two, like you've been at a company for a couple of years, you see the rate, it's like a 2% raise or whatever. And I remember thinking, Lee, to your point, it's not even, it doesn't even cover inflation. Yeah. So if you're making the same thing year after year, you're actually losing money, right? Yeah. 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 It doesn't work for me. And I think the position I'm in now is I, I like where I'm at now. I don't anticipate leaving anytime soon, but I think there's people out there now listening to this episode. Like if you've been somewhere and you've only seen these two, 3% raises, like, especially if it's a priority for you, like you need to maximize your income, like get your resume ready, understand your market value and see what else is out there. I think it's worth it. And you'd be surprised how much more money you can make. You know, I think just as human beings, like we are scared for change. I know I am. I know a lot of other people, when you get in that comfort space, you're like, I know, well, I know what to expect every day. It can be enticing to just stay where you are because you know what you know, but I would also say that you're also kind of doing yourself a disservice. If you feel like you've hit that growth ceiling, like you alluded to, like once you feel like you're not growing, you're kind of just wasting your time. You're not getting that opportunity. It's important to jump around also. Like, so I think in today's people are moving more and more, but there's still that old mindset. Like, well, why are you jumping, Sergio? Why are you going from this company? And I think, you know, that I've had a lot of, uh, enough time to think about this. I think that you should look at it as a strength because the fact that you're at a company for a few years, you learn so much more once you change environments. You learned so much probably when you were at Google that and you absorbed all that. And then you went to Amazon and you learned so many more skill sets. And then you jumped to LinkedIn. And every time you do these things, you're learning a massive amount of information and skill sets you wouldn't have gotten if you had just stayed in one place. So I think when you're going to these interviews and you're looking for that next job. And if anyone calls out that, hey, you've moved from here to here, I think you should reframe that as, well, yes, this is why, this is what makes me more valuable because I've learned 
all the processes from this company. And yeah. then I learned all the processes from this company. So instead of letting that be like a weakness, I, I really think it, you should frame it as a strength in the interview, but also let's be realistic. It really is a strength. I mean, Serge, would you say that like you've learned more by doing these jumps and putting yeah, yourself I in mean, different environments? Yeah. I think that's a really good call out. And I a hundred percent agree. Like jumping from these different companies, you learn, I do like mess around and say Amazon was terrible, but like I learned a ton in that year I was there. Like I helped launch a new product. Like in those experiences, that's just building my resume, right? That's building my talking points in my interviews so I can like go to these different companies. They're like, oh, well, what'd you do here? I was like, well, I helped launch a the first one of a kind product at Amazon. Like I was a part of that and that, that can never be taken away. So to your point, 100% agree, like use it as a strength and get really clear on on the why. The other part of it is like, it's not just about money. You also have to realize changing companies can also be about like what you're passionate about, what you believe in, like leaving Facebook. Some of it was, most of it wasn't about money. It was more about culture and Facebook in general, I think is a, it's doing more harm than good. Right. So I think LinkedIn's a place I can really get behind. So I think that's the other part. Yeah. When you think about leaving a company, you think about the value and the mission and then the money is, is obviously a big component as well. Yeah. Well said, man. Well said. So yeah, guys, if you guys are having struggles, like landing that job, feel like you're stagnant, reach out to search because he is a wealth of information. I go to him. He's like my personal sounding board when I'm like lost with uh, decisions, but yeah, got some good, got some great tips all the time to close. What can, what advice can we give to the people that feel like they're stagnant? Like, and they're like been stuck. They're not going anywhere. What's some advice you can give them to start moving in the right direction? Yeah, I think the first question you have to ask yourself is, do you want to stay at this company? Right? Like, and if the answer is yes, you have to have like a number of reasons why. But if the answer is no, then you have to start thinking about, okay, is my resume ready? What's my presence on LinkedIn? Start building out your network, understanding who, you know, who you know that works where and start getting ready for these interviews. So put some feelers out there, put some applications out there and don't be afraid to do it because like we said earlier, these companies are going to work with or without you. So always be prepared. I think that my biggest advice is always be prepared to jump if you have to, and always have something in your back pocket to jump if you need to. And if you have to. And Serge, one thing you've mentioned before on a past episode is the 80, 20, why don't you like give the good listeners your 80, 20? Cause I really like, like, it and I think it's a really great way to assess if you're in the right place. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, we're not going to love everything we do all the time, but if you're in a role and you've, you're enjoying like 80% of the stuff you do, you're probably in a good place. And if you have a good leader, like those things mean something like by all means, if you're at a company with a great manager and leadership, but the pay isn't great, but your work-life balance is like, by all means stay. And then you can expect like 20% of the stuff you do might, you might not like. So I think that's actually a good balance, 80, 20. But if it's like, 50 50 where you're doing 50 percent of the time you're doing shit you don't like that's another signal you should probably start to think about jumping what if it's under 50 50 <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're just, you're just dead inside um <laughs> yeah, <pretty accurate>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think we're all there man like we all have moments where we need to th to think and the the biggest the bigger picture is like what i'm trying to get through is prioritize yourself don't worry about the company don't worry about your manager prioritize yourself self and your family right yeah in yourself that means you're prioritizing your family all right 
Thanks, man. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member of FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of LinkedIn Incorporated or Microsoft Corporation. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.